Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, and I'm broadcasting tonight from the bright red desk on a rainy, sleety Sunday night. Um, I have a podcast uh, in, at 7.30 uh, advertising or teaching you about the Pisces New Moon, which we have this week, so feel free to sign up for that. That'll be taking place at 7.30 in about an hour. But in the meantime... This is the weekly weather, and we're going to talk about the week ahead. Quite an exciting week, if I do say so myself. A lot going on. And it's only a one-page week, you know, and sometimes, because I was thinking, ooh, all this stuff coming, and, and then the computer went one page, and I went, all right. In one page, much can be accomplished, is all we can say. So this week, we have Mercury stationing to go retrograde, which we're kind of feeling already. We're kind of feeling it like, do 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 slowing down he's at 29 pisces and he's in pisces all march and half of april right so march roared in like a lion today hi baby come here i was out today we had a we had a workshop downtown and so the cats are kind of like mom you come home and you get on the phone i'm like yeah i gotta work um so at any rate the uh mercury's stationing to go retrograde and so he's going to go retrograde all month and then he clears his shadow april 15th so he's kind of a busy guy and then Uranus changes signs for the first time in 84 years into Taurus. So we're going to be working with Taurus. And of course, our Taurus friends are always slow and deliberate and reliable and dependable. But when Uranus goes into Taurus, he's the agent of change and moving it along and let's get going and come on. It's electric, it's fast, it's quick. So as you might guess, the two of those energies don't really get along. Earth does not like to get poked. Taurus does not like to get poked. In fact, it's a bull. You know, the bull fights. You know, they stick them with those little things to get them mad. Yeah, Uranus and Taurus. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as it shifts. Now, we had it a little bit last summer because Uranus went into Taurus just for a smidge through the beginning of November. And then he went back into Aries to kind of clean up stuff. And this week he's done cleaning up the Aries. He worked in Aries for eight years from 210 to now. And now he's off into Taurus for eight years until 2027. So we'll talk more about him down the road a piece. But in the meantime, just know he shifts this week. Then the other thing we have, as if those two weren't enough, Mercury stationing and Uranus going in Taurus, and it's both happening on the same time, we have a lovely juicy new moon. And normally I really look forward to new moons. I like them. They're fun. They're an opportunity every year. You have a new moon in every chart of your house. I'm doing the new moon webinar in an hour. Um, And I love to sit every new moon and think about what house it's in and how great it's going to be and we're starting new stuff. But this new moon is a little interesting because it has 62 count them 62 contentious energies meaning planets in squares semi-squares oppositions or contraparallels sesquiquadrates 62 points fighting with each other so when you see that you're kind of like wow and of course the world is a little contentious right now as you may have noticed um but the idea of it is to say okay got 62 aspects that want you to take action and they're going to kind of push you. They're going to kind of poke you right as this transition takes place. You know, Uranus going into Taurus and Mercury stationing to go retrograde. 
So the Mercury going retrograde is going to say to you, okay, you got a month to clean this stuff up before I get into a month and a half to clean this stuff up before I get into Aries, and then we're going to really kick some really rock and roll. And Uranus and Taurus is saying, let's get some structures in place, Taurus, that we can work with and we can change and we can achieve with Aquarius, right? So there's a lot of different energy out there. And depending on which part of it, the new moon you hook into, the new moon energy, you're going to either feel like just, oh, my God, there's so much going on, and how do I handle it all? Or you're going to be like, yeah, wow, go, 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 yay, yay, yay. Or you're going to want to go to bed and go to sleep. might want to cry. Definitely a good time for salt baths, you know, because it is Pisces. So a good soak with some Epsom salts in a hot tub helps. Uh, infections, more prone to infections. I was talking to one of my students today, and he didn't come to the workshop yesterday because one of his coworkers had her teeth extracted and her face swelled up. And he was giving her a hard time to go to the doctor, and she wouldn't. And he said, look, I'm taking your day today. You go to the doctor. Looks like she might have to have an operation. So infections can really take off because the sun and the moon and Vesta, the home and hearth, and Neptune are all joined together right at the top of the chart. So any kind of infection, any kind of thing that's swelling and looking a little nasty, go to the doctor. Okay, And also, you know, it's kind of the season of colds because of the ne- all the water, all the fluid. And, of course, we're having a lot of rain in the world right now, all this Neptune. Uh, the, the Russian River Group are underwater paddling, you know, paddling canoes, and you know, from house to house. It's water, it's fluid, it's Neptune, and Vesta, Neptune in the house, Neptune in the home, and then the Sun and Moon in Pisces right next to it. The new Moon is on the river, the mouth of the river, on Ashinar. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Um, but that is the mouth of the river, which doesn't normally arrive above 37, so it's hard for us on the northern hemisphere to see it. But it was believed to be the river into which Phaeton fell after he stole his father's uh, horses. And because Apollo was so saddened by his son doing that, and the gods tried to make him feel better, they took the river and they made it a constellation in the heavens. So there's a river up there, and Phaeton is the brightest star. It's actually, or I'm sorry, a Shinar is the brightest star. It's the ninth brightest star in the heavens. And it's got a really pretty, it's really pretty. It's like a blue elliptical. looks like Pisces, really. And, you know, because the sun fell from the heavens and drowned in that river, they put it in a constellation. It looks like a river, a river in the heavens, a river of stars. Um, so go, you know, you're not going to see it if you're high. You know, New York, we aren't going to see it because we're 45. But, you know, you can see it down there in Texas. You can see it in some of the lower parts of the country, and it's very visible in the southern hemisphere. Um, so those of you below the, below the equator. But, yeah, so the, so the energy is the mouth of the river, the end of the river, where the river dumps. So you can anticipate river dumping energy because four planets are tied to that, the flow of energy. Ashinar also is big with religious folks. Pope Francis has it. Uh, people that rise to a high power through honesty, through integrity, through leading with dignity, and also it's got the feeling of Jupiter. So, uh, you know, it tends to bestow benefics. Because it's sitting with Neptune and Vesta, I want to encourage you to take a visionary approach, a visionary approach to your creative projects, a visionary approach to your personal life, a visionary approach to the dream of your life, 
and watch how you can work with that flow. Four planets in Pisces right next to each other, plus Mercury stationing in Pisces, about to go retrograde, offering you the opportunity to clean up your river. <laughs> and Mercury's going to go back to where the sun and moon are now. He goes all the way back to 1516, where the sun and the moon are meeting on Wednesday. So this is a really lovely moon about focusing your creativity and figuring it out, figuring out where it's going, being really conscious of infections or anything that swells and gets mad looking. You know, pay attention to it. It's not happy. And also just knowing that there's 62 contentious energies up there that want to cause, want to be causing something. You know, but I met Michael Jackson. We want to be causing something. You got to be. I know I'm singing way too much these days with Mercury and Pisces. But you should hear it in the house. <laughs> the cats look at me like, she's singing again, man. You know, can't wait till this Mercury gets out of Pisces. They're going to have to put up with it for another 45 days. Um, but, yeah, dig out the old music. Dig out the stuff that really inspires you. Dig out the things that make you want to sing and dance. You know, dig out those. Remember when you, you used to know all the words of that album when you were in college or high school? And you knew it, you knew all the intonations, you knew the pauses. Go back into your past, dig out the old stuff. Mercury and Pisces retrograde, of course. Pisces retrograde, any retrograde, but certainly Mercury and Pisces last degree of the zodiac. The ghosts from the past are coming back, and this can be any ghost. I had one woman call me. She's like, what is going on? All these people are surfacing up from the woodwork that cracks. They're crawling out from wherever. And I said, ah, Mercury and Pisces. I said, are they giving you a sad story? She goes, they are, Mercury and Pisces. So no feeling sorry for yourself. Recognize Pisces wants you, invites you, encourages you to use, I mean, all right, you can feel a little sorry for yourself. But you're being encouraged to use the energy creatively because he's hanging right there with Vesta and Neptune. Supposed to give you a new vision of what you're doing. Supposed to give you some new ideas about how to get there and what's exciting about it. So just, I mean, any one of those is topic for the week, but they all happen right at the beginning of the week, boom, boom, boom. And then the back half of the week has really nice moon aspects to get stuff accomplished and done and get it up and out in the world. So it's an excellent week for that kind of stuff. But do recognize a lot of emotional, a lot of emotional ability. People are really going to be one minute they're happy, the next minute they're crying. Perfectly right, perfectly good. And I would really encourage you, to take advantage of this new moon's energy because it's so tied into creative projects. It's also tied into Vesta, what you want your Neptune, your home and your hearth to look like. What do you want your body because your body is one of your vehicles? What do you want your car? What are the dreams that you want to ground and give birth to? Because the energy wants to do that. It's a very active chart also. Not a lot of energy, uh, um, not a lot of fixed energy. Venus is five years old, right? And Mars is in Taurus, and he doesn't really want to be bothered, but we're going to be poking at him. But imagine a little five-year-old trying to contain 62 people arguing above her head. So you're not going to necessarily be able to work with the argument energy of it. But, as my good friend Maria Wander says, harness the energy and do something with it. Take it and move it off and do, do a new re, repurpose it. Rechannel it, redirect it, give it permission to flow with you, through you, about you. You are, we are all standing in the mouth of the river, but we can wade into it consciously. We can understand it, the energy of flow in our life. 
get some water and just kind of sit and pour a cup of water into another cup of water, pour it back. You know, like when you watch, remember when you've been in a restaurant and a guy pours really high and he pulls the pot way up and you're like looking going, he's going to spill it on the table. And he doesn't and he comes back down. You know, go play with pouring water. Go soak in the tub. Put on the music. Dance. Sing. Meditate. Really feel what makes you feel alive, what helps you really evolve and grow, and feel deeply connected to things, right? Because there's a great energy of deep connection that's part of this new moon because the sun and the moon and uh, and the Neptune and the Vesta and the Mercury all in Pisces. And, of course, Mercury stopped, but he's turning around. He's going to go back to them and go over them two more times, once back and then forth. So there's a lot of energy around pursuing and following your dream with the new moon, even though a lot of cranky crabby all around you. Okay, So just ignore the cranky crabby and know that that's part of the deal. And, you know, if you're feeling a little whiny and sad and sorry for yourself, that's okay. You know, it's the end of things. It's, it also, a lot of times when stuff's ending, we really want to have a little ritual of connection or saying so long or saying gee thanks that was really cool but I gotta go now you know the John Denver song I've gotta go and meet some friends of mine and uh, you know just kind of listen to the listen to the music in your life listen to the music in your head maybe get out that old piano or that drum set or your old flute and play it I was reading an article the other day on a woman who's a flutist and a rapper and uh, she was talking about playing the flute and playing the rapping, right? In, in rapping, you know, and kind of being in a flute-off, I guess. I it's kind of like a rap-off, but a flute-off. But, you know, she'd learned, the, her teacher at 12 said, you're going to play the flute, and so she did. But she loves the flute. It's very edifying for her. And it connects her on a deeper level to her soul. Music does that. It's, it's the way for us to connect into the gods without... We just kind of tune into the memory. We tune into the vibration. We tune into the hum, the hum of the universe. So put on some humming music, music that makes you hum, music that makes you happy, music that makes your heart sing. And, you know, if you need to cry, put on the stuff that makes you cry because there's those kind of movies out there, too, or those kind of music out there. Every time you hear it, you cry. I know I have a couple songs that reliably reduce, reduce me to tears. Um, and there are certain singers you know, when you're singing, you know, when I uh, when I think of Billie Holiday, I have a whole bunch of Billie Holiday records, and, you know, Good Morning Heartache, you know, and, and then I also have when Diana Ross played Billie Holiday, and I have Diana Ross singing Good Morning Heartache, you know, uh, the song that she sang to heroin, you know, and it's beautiful, it's just incredibly, you know, heartbreak is in all of our lives. So this is also a week where your heart can maybe feel a little extra tender, a little extra sensitive, a little extra, a little extra, and just kind of go, yeah, a little extra. And then again, with all the Neptune, any infections to the hospital with you immediately, they will spread really quickly, okay? All right, uh, so let's do moons. Right now, the moon is in Aquarius, and it's in Aquarius uh, tomorrow to Monday. And it's in Aquarius till 3.05 in the morning, Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, right? So and it's void for six minutes, and it goes void with a lovely sextile to Uranus. So Monday is a kick butt, get a lot of stuff out the door, 
kind of day because it's got great aspects. Today is two. Tonight is two. And then on Tuesday at 3.11 in the morning, yes, Eastern time, so, you know, early, early, moon goes into Pisces. And it's in Pisces uh, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday. And it goes void at 2.08 p.m. on the 7th, on Thursday the 7th. And it goes void with a lovely uh, conjunction to Mercury. So it's a lot about moon and Pisces joining Mercury asking you what do you want what do you want now remember mercury is going to go retrograde on tuesday so it's going to be asking a retrograde mercury what do you want and retrograde mercury usually has some kind of agenda or some kind of plan of what it wants then the moon is void for about an hour and a half on thursday afternoon it's void from 208 p.m until 327 p.m when it enters aries it's in aries thursday afternoon thursday night friday all day Friday night, and then Saturday until 12.14 p.m. in the afternoon when it goes void with a trine to Uranus. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, really busy. Lots accomplished. Then it's void all day uh, from 12.15 all day the 9th and the 10th. In the morning it goes at 3.10 in the morning it goes into Taurus. And it's in Taurus on Sunday and on Monday. And it goes void at 5.31 on Tuesday morning, the 12th, with a sextile to Mercury. Again, a nice working moon. Now, next weekend is daylight savings time. Remember, spring forward, we lose the hour of sleep. We also, this week, have Mardi Gras and Shrove Tuesday. Mardi is is Mars and Gras is Fat. So we have Fat Tuesday, and then Ash Wednesday starts on the 6th on that new moon in Pisces. Uh, and that early in the morning before the new moon, which takes place at 11.04 a.m., Uranus goes into Taurus to start a new eight-year journey. And the day before, on the 5th, Mercury stations at 1.19 p.m. to go retrograde until the end of the month. And then he clears his shadow. Uh, and in um, Mercury goes direct on the, uh, I think it's like the 28th. Was it? Yeah, it's, it goes direct on the 28th. But then he doesn't clear his shadow until April 15th. So a lot of energy. The moons are all really functional this week, so you can get a great deal accomplished, even if you're feeling a little contentious or if someone's arguing back with you that they're not going to do it. And you just have to go, well, you know, we're going to have to have an argument about it. But if you ask, because these moons are in your direction, you will get it. So it's good even if it's a little contentious. So I got a note from one of my friends. Excuse me, taking a little sip there. Um, she got an offer on her house. She said, oh, but Mercury's going to be retrograde. It'll be okay. It'll, the aspects are good. You know, it's going to be good, fine aspects. Retrograde, you know, that's going to be in a little bit of delay, maybe some water issues. But these are not bad aspects <coughs> to sign an offer on a house, you know, or to get an offer and sign an offer. And say, yeah, I'm ready. Because really, we're all in the mouth of the river. We all just got dumped out of the sky into the mouth of the river. And we're going to swim to shore. And then we're going to go do stuff. right? Because that's the goal. And working with the energy productively, of course, that's why we do the weekly weather. So you can go, oh yeah, that's what's going on. Now, aside from the infection issue this week, we also have a couple other things going on. So let's talk about those. 
Uh, we got the sun running from 13 Pisces to 18 Pisces. <clears throat> and in Pisces, he's going to come along, and he's going to hit Neptune, and he's going to hit Vesta. And that's going to happen on the 6th and the 7th. So sun in Pisces, Neptune, sun in Pisces, Vesta, a lot of watery energy, a lot of feeling energy. Um, the sun also has a semi-square to Uranus, which is a little bit of a stressful energy at the last degree on the 5th of March. So that's kind of like sun in Pisces really wants something. And Uranus is like, you know, I'm about to leave for Taurus now. I'm I'm done. I don't really have time to do that for you. So you may find people saying, I don't have time for that, or I can't do that for you, or that isn't going to work for me because I have to go. And if that's the case, you know, it don't don't be mean. Just kind of go, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Not not 100% clear how we're going to work with this, but I hear that you're not able to be there for me right now. And that may be part of the reason why people will feel a little bereft because people are going to be really focusing on their endings and what they have to do to get to the next chapter and what's required. Sun is also parallel Neptune, which kind of feels like a marriage at the beginning of the week on March 4th. So we can find a lot of Neptune, and of course we're supposed to have a sleety, wintry mix tonight. <laughs> so that, of course, screws up everybody's travel tomorrow morning, Monday the 4th, to work. Um we also have Sun in the sesquiquadrate to Athena uh, tomorrow, which allows us to see things that we might not like to see. But because we're seeing them, we need to be really clear. All right, I, I see it, I see it. I don't really like it, but I see it. Sun is also sextile to Saturn next weekend. And what that is, once a year, the Sun and Saturn get together and check in and see how each of them doing. And Saturn, of course, is in Capricorn, Suns in Pisces. So it's a nice, friendly relation, nice, friendly connection. And that's going to be next weekend um, on the on the 9th. Uh, Mercury, as I mentioned already, is going to station to go retrograde on March 5th at 1.18 p.m. When he stations, he's got a little kicker because uh, he is at the last degree of Pisces. So these are ghosts from anywhere in your lifetime. <laughs> and they're all surfacing between now and the end of the month to talk to. Now, sometimes, you know, it's a ghost that you do not want to talk to. And that's okay. You don't have to take their call. But you do have to think about them. And you do have to kind of at least talk to them in your head, right? Pull up pull up the memory because this is a ghost you don't want to hear from. Pull up the memory and see how it feels. And then once you see how it feels, then let it go and say, okay, I, I hear you, I'm going to let that one go. And that's a good way to handle good way to handle that Mercury retrograde. So now what he does is he goes backwards as he retraces all the stuff he's done over the last couple of weeks, right, because he's going back over the same points. So he has a semi-square to Mars on the 7th, which gives him a little bit of a contentious energy. And Mars, of course, is on the world point, and Mercury is on the world point. So this is a public argument on the 7th. Now, it can be you're the witness of it. It can be you in the argument, but we do have a big argument on the 7th. And that's going to be about 1.18 p.m. And I do, I don't know if you guys know it, I do Twitter feeds and I tweet out the aspects. Right? And periodically someone will tweet back, it's happening right now where I'm standing. You know, I, I they're having, they're, they're, they're doing the aspect right in front of me. So, you know, just set your watches for 118 March 17th, you know, Eastern time, adjust for your time zone, and see who's fighting around you. 
Um, we also have uh, Mercury is quintiled to Juno, which is really pushing her into partnership energy. And she also is trying to see how she can adjust situations a bit with her um, in conjunct to Athena. Because what she saw uh, with the sun, she was, oh, yeah, but, you know, maybe we can adjust it a little. And Mercury's not adverse to that, but he is retrograde. So he might say yes, just to be nice, but then he doesn't do it. So if that happens, make sure to follow up on him and go, you know, I never got that from you. Mercury is also semi-square Venus, so relationships on the 11th can be a little stressed or a little irritated. Um, Venus, of course, is in Aquarius, so she is um, pretty independent in Aquarius. And Mercury is in Pisces, and he's pretty... He's a little more needy when he's in Pisces. So independent arguing with needy. Oh, I don't want you to go. Well, I'm going. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, stop and give him a little pet. Mercury's Mercury's really having a hard time right now. Um, Venus this week goes from 7 Aquarius to 12. So she's zipping along. She's got a semi-sextile to Jupiter, uh, which is, you know, like I'm wanting more stuff for me which is good because a lot of times, you know, she just subsumes and doesn't really ask. Um, Venus is also contraparallel to Mars. So this is, again, not a, not an asking. You know, she does. I just said she subsumes, and there she is subsuming. Um, she doesn't always assert herself and say what she wants. Then we have Venus with a nice partnership energy, the 10th and the 11th. So that's nice. And she's in a really creative mood on the 11th. So let's see what she creates. That's Monday, but it kind of built next Monday, but it kind of builds in right over the week. Then we have he's in quintiles. Quintiles are very productive, get stuff done energies, and he's running between uh, 13 and 16, which means he's going over the point of fame. When we hit 15 of the fixed, Mars is going to be on it between the 6th and the 10th, and he's going to make some kind of public appearance, so we're all going to notice the Mars. But in the meantime, on the 6th, he has a quintile uh, to the note of fate, so he's going to meet somebody important then. And then he has a little bit of an adjusting energy on the 10th where he wants something really, really bad because he's sextile to... Neptune, but he's also in a hard aspect to Chiron. So what he wants really bad may be something you don't really want to have happen. And you just have to, you know, this is one of those hard parts where they go, well, I really have to go. And you're kind of like, I don't want it to end. And they're like, I got to go. And you're like, oh. You know, and I, you know, I know they say that stupid thing that everything, the only thing constant is change. Well, as a person who really doesn't like things to leave, <laughs> I hate change. I mean, I love, I get change. I, I work with change, but I really don't like change. And I think we should have like special rituals or something when things change. So make sure to maybe have a little ritual ready for yourself um, when the energy says, okay, I'm going to go pursue my dream, Mars Neptune sextile. Bye. And go, okay, have a good time with your dream. I'll miss you. Mars is also biquintile Jupiter, uh, which is a nice energy, very creative, very productive, gets a lot done. And that's a fun one. So Mars is in good shape this week. The rest of the planets are out of control. <laughs> They're all fighting, and Mars is kind of like, I don't know, you guys just, really, you're just arguing a lot, aren't you? 
And the answer is yes, they are. Jupiter is in a semi-sextile to Pluto. Again, this is a rare aspect. doesn't happen that often. So semi-sextiles from Jupiter to Pluto um, once every 12 years. Yeah. And so this is, um, you know, Jupiter, Pluto's in, Jupiter is in Pluto's blind spot, right? So Pluto normally goes, blah, 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 blah. And Jupiter goes, well, not really. Right. So there's there's a little saving grace. There's a little angel with Jupiter on Pluto's left shoulder. So kind of watch for the saving grace. Pluto is, of course, on the world point. And so he is at uh, so it's some kind of public world point. Watch around 1130 on March 7th. We like to be able to give you these dates. You know, have exciting moments in your week. Um, we also have Saturn paralleling Pluto on March 9th and sextiling Vesta encouraging you to get your home in order on March 10th. And as we mentioned earlier, Uranus enters Taurus 328 in the morning for eight years on March 6th. Mark your calendars. Neptune and Vesta meet up, which is great for cleaning out your home and hearth, March 5th. And Vesta is very, very strategically working this week. She's got a lot that she's doing in terms of getting stuff done. And that's basically it for the week. Relationships have to make some choices. Nurturing has to make some choices. Nurturing makes choices on the 6th. Relationships make choices on the 9th. And almost the last call for Tuscany. Um, we, we were doing the list. We were start, starting to print the charts for everybody to sign up and go. Um, and so we've got we've got one room left. I'm very excited. We may have sold the trip out. It'll be very cool. So yeah, sign up if you're beginnery. Um, you know, you're not sure if you can do it. Trust me, you'll be okay. And I'll send you some information on a beginner course. In fact, I got a letter from somebody today saying I'm interested in that beginner information. And you'll all will also kind of go through stuff. Plus, what's not to like? Tuscany in May. A beautiful opportunity with good food, wonderful people. The list of the list of attendees is looks really great and everybody that I I know personally is is terrific. So I don't know everybody on the list, but I'm like, yeah, this is like really this is gonna be fun. So hope you sign up. Information on my website. In the meantime, have a great, great, great new moon. Please do a ritual this week. Even if you don't come to the ritual workshop tonight at seven thirty. It's such a juicy moon. It so, so wants your energy. It wants, the universe really wants to hear what you'd like, what you want to create. And, of course, Pisces' house is the house of your dreams. This is the dream house. So really give it some extra oomph this week. And all week long, if you can't do the ritual on Wednesday when the new moon happens, the rest of the week is good, too, because it's in Aries. Go, go, go. Taurus, grow, grow, grow. Yeah good week so take care we'll catch you all next week and have a great uh great week ahead um and just watch for the contention go for the flow look for the river in your life take care Ann Ortley signing off from the bright red desk bye all